This week on Ultra 64, we're playing GT64 and two NASCAR games. So if you're a big fan of driving in a circle, this is your day. The GT stands for great times. Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each week we are playing a different, randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog, and we are playing it in circles until we are done with it, until we get very bored, which is quickly. My name is Steve Guntley. I'm Woody Siskowski. Uh, very happy to have everyone here. Thank you for uh, thank you for tuning in, uh, even though this is not promising to be the most exciting episode. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, I mean, Steve. This thing, with these racing games, the, there's so many of them on the N64, and uh, there's just very little information on them and just not a whole lot to say about them because they're all basically the same. So uh, for new listeners, we've been kind of lumping together racing games and little three episode what, you chunks. you you don't want to hear a whole episode on NASCAR 99? Shockingly, <laughs> yeah. So this gives us a chance to uh, uh, field some questions from our listeners. We uh, we have listeners write in with some uh, discussion questions, and we're going to kind of uh, intersperse the games with some random discussion topics from uh, people who listen to our show. So it's going to be fun. Uh, but the games are not fun, because today we played GT64, colon, Championship Edition, uh, and then NASCAR 99, and its immediate sequel, NASCAR 2000. That's a surgery, you know? You, it, get, you, get, you get a colon, Championship Edition. If your regular oh. colon, you know, wears out through overuse, you get a Championship Edition colon. They are do, do they give you the old one, like, bronze it? Yeah, like, oh, okay. exactly. You hang okay. it on your wall next to your participation. Ribbons. Oh, that's what's on your wall. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I, I meant to ask. I thought it was like some kind of like Lovecraft thing, but uh, it's your colon. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, okay. it is. It is right next to my uh, chuggeth, my oh, frozen yeah. chuggeth. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we get started talking about these, what is the difference between GT and NASCAR? That's the big question everyone is you asking. Stump your friends. Stump your friends with There's a little bit of information about this. NASCAR is one or. I feel like this this world of car racing yeah. is one of those things that someone is either very into or knows nothing about, and there's and it's, not much in between. It's interesting, too, because I think auto racing in the U.S. is kind of seen as like a lower-class sport, and in mm. Europe, it's like a very ritzy deal. That's so it's kind point. of it's like the same race, but it's a very different perspectives <laughs> on how to approach it. GT uh, stands for Grand Tourer, and this refers Tourer. to high high powered luxury cars that are kind of meant for both speed and long distance. So basically, just luxury sports cars. Your Aston Martin, your Ferrari. These are GT cars. Uh, the term comes from the Italian phrase Gran Turismo. Oh, interesting. That's familiar. I've heard of that. Uh, in the racing world, GT racers, uh, it, it usually involves a two-seater sports car with wheels that are enclosed by the frame of the car. Okay. That's kind of the deal with GT racing. Uh, these are usually done, like, with street-legal cars, unlike prototype racing, where, like, vehicles are built from scratch Which to be able NASCAR to compete and stuff like that. that. But, yeah, that's kind of like that. And then they get really fancy, like, prototype GT races as well, where you get, like, crazy car designs. Drag that, racing, Formula Exactly. One, yeah. Stock car racing, which is what NASCAR is, is um, the early definition of stock car is just a car 
straight off the assembly line, no bells or whistles added. Oh, okay. uh, and we'll go a little bit into why that's ironic later, but uh, <laughs> uh, they, that's what it used to refer to. It just referred to a car that was fresh off the line and hadn't been modified at all. Now, of course, NASCARs are incredibly modified. Uh, they're modified all to hell. They're basically unrecognizable as cars. <laughs> uh, but uh, now it just kind of means a car specifically designed for racing. Okay. Although technically, if you were going to call something true stock car racing, that would be like street racing, you know, like just two people at a stoplight racing each other i don't know was that a thing it probably wasn't a thing it, on orcas island no it was like definitely here, it was definitely not a thing that was on a the thing island. where i grew up whoa really if, if, i thought that was just a thing in george lucas's nostalgia oh no no this is okay. not yeah this is uh this is something that actually happens i never rose to the bait because That's good because it's a horrible idea oh yeah and in high school i drove a, a 1986 chrysler lebaron which was okay. falling apart at all <laughs> times and anybody tried to challenge me if everyone looked at my car funny it fell apart my yeah i had a um mercedes diesel that um mm. you had to slam on the gas to go 30 oh. <laughs> um and so once i actually got in you know a newer car i just w- slammed on the gas and i'm like whoa that is not how yeah. it's supposed to work oh no 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 yeah i it, could ba- i could barely make it up my driveway to my house in in the car i think the best part about being like an actual adult human man is that like I don't worry about my car. Like, my car is going to work. Like, I don't know. I, I worried about that. You have a much nicer car than I oh, do. Oh, I'm sorry. So <laughs> I don't mean to I definitely your car. worry about my car. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm weirdly, my car has been vandalized a lot. So, yeah. I mean, that's more of a, a, a concern. But, like, yeah, I've, I've, I've been lucky and I've had a working car for the last 10 years. But my first car, like, I, I've got multiple tickets. Because I would run red lights because if I stopped, oh, my no. car would die. Oh, and no. I would not be able to start it again. So I'm like, all right, so what's worse? Do I want to it was a it was a crapshoot every time I left. But yeah, in, in my hometown, if you pulled up at a stoplight next to somebody and made eye contact with them and they gave you the rev rev single signal, that means they're gonna race you. And guess what? If you don't do it, you're one of them you pussy guys. Them, you have to give them your gray poupon. I do. Right. I have to yeah. give it to them. Yeah. I, we don't just share cordially. No, no. I have to fork it over. All right, let's talk a little bit about our first game tonight. It is called GT64 Championship Edition. Uh, This was released August 31st, 1998, developed by Imagineer and published by Ocean of America, and this is exclusive to N64. Uh, We are revisiting some old friends here. We played another um, uh, Imagineer racing game. uh, Imagineer, we've been been like this. Old buddies, Imagineer. All their parties, all their conference calls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, We're... Aren't Imagineers, and I don't know if I brought this up last, aren't they the people who work on the Disneyland that's parks? The, yeah, 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 that's but, the that's the term there. I don't know. Apparently, it's not a uh, copyrighted term, which I'm surprised. Well, unless it's the same people. They, oh, deve- exactly. they develop they, they totally European racing games as well as Disney <laughs> parks in their off time. <laughs> They're definitely putting more attention into one part of their job than to other. Yeah, um, you heard it here, folks. GT Championship, better than Disneyland. Better than Disneyland, exactly, yeah. We met them last time with another racing game called MRC, which I believe stood for Male Robot Conspiracy, but Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Uh, IGN, actually, uh, in their article, they identified this as a sequel to MRC, but I don't think that's actually the case. I think it's just a similar-ish game from the same company. Uh, So, yeah, Imagineer was one of the bigger developers for the N64 in Japan, but uh, after some diminishing sales on titles like this one and then, like, uh, Quest 64 and Fighter's Destiny... Hmm, I wonder why those had diminishing sales. I know, right? Uh, Fighter's Destiny was okay. The company decided to shift over to educational software PC, uh, offer PCs, which they are still doing to this day. They're still around. Uh, Ocean of America, we met way back in Fighter's Destiny. We won't go into them again. All right, so a little bit about... 
a GT race, the, a grand touring race. I think the most prestigious GT race in the world is probably the 24 Hours of Le Mans, which you may have heard of. Like, GT races tend to be endurance-based more than nasty badass speed like they do in America. Um, so racers will circle for Le Mans. They circle a roughly nine mile circuit in rural France for 24 hours. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, winners are judged on number of laps completed in that time, amount of damage that's done to their vehicle and how well they manage resources like gas and tires and things like that. Uh, originally these races were just run with one driver, but it quickly proved to be too dangerous because <laughs> you have someone staying up for 24 hours, not just staying up, going insane <laughs> speeds, breakneck speeds oh, around yeah. dangerous corners for 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, they need to break that up a little bit. They changed the rules, so now no one driver can't be behind the wheel for longer than 240 minutes, and they need to have a 30-minute break when they get out of the car. So most team, <laughs> most of these are run in teams of three. It's possible to do it in teams of two, but uh, and, and it has been done before, but most people do it in teams of three. It's, um, it's crazy to me that that still exists as, like, a sport or hasn't gotten a bunch of blowback because, like, yeah. 24 hours to just, like have people drive and just guzzle gas for like to go around the same loop over it just seems so excessive that's really like excessive, to drive yeah. at that amount of speed is gonna be tiring if you do it for you know 12 hours i, I feel mean, like the actually the 24 is like just super excessive i feel like if you're if you're running a marathon or something like that or an ultra marathon mm -hmm. you're just taking out it out on yourself but yeah running right. a, the racing <laughs> like a 24-hour thing you're taking it out on the world you're <laughs> taking it out on our resources man <laughs> knock it off yeah so uh the uh longest distance ever run at a le mans was 3360 miles uh and that happened back in 2010 so that's pretty impressive in 24 hours Another notable uh, race is in uh, Nürbur the Nürburgring. Um, I'm going to butcher that. N the Nürburgring in Germany. It's colloquially known as the Green Hell. Uh, it's another that 24 hours. That was that movie hour... about cannibals, right? Right. Eli Ross, the Green yeah. Hell. Yeah, very racist. <laughs> this is another, it's another 24 hour race, uh, only this time it's a 15 mile circuit. And it's infamous for being, like, very dangerous. Like, lots of people die in this race. Uh, there's a documentary. I meant to watch it. I didn't. But there's a documentary out there called The Green Hell about this race. So if you're interested in but that. But there's no cannibals in that. No cannibals in that. But you, you haven't watch, seen it. You can, so no, there well, might be. True. There might. There might. Because I don't know. If they're just a really fast cannibals jumping out and grabbing people out of their cars. Or like they're oh you know what they do they pose as pit stop guys ah uh, uh, and then they drag the drivers out when they yeah stop and him. they eat them in record time it's like <laughs> amazing to watch like two guys pull off the legs and then like <laughs> eat it real quick <laughs> uh yeah all right so that's a little bit about GT racing I'm not gonna go too much into that because I just I can't care well would you um, so like we've you know we've had to sort of stretch and expand ourselves a little bit um, yeah for for this podcast so you know we've dealt with wrestling we've dealt with fishing which are things that i don't think we have like a ton of interest in personally but we're no. like okay we'll try to sort of get these things I, and i i mean i think we'll talk about this a little more in nascar but i feel like this is this might be the thing that like i have the le the most difficult even understanding the appeal of it's especially yeah I, I, yeah i'm kind of jumping the gun on this because no i, I understand NASCAR. completely i mean it's it's a number 10 billion of uh sporting events that i have never witnessed in real life but like yeah this is one that uh a car racing i've never been a car guy it doesn't even um, seem like it would be fun to like even if you're at le mans it doesn't seem like it would be fun to sit there because you just see the car blaze past and yeah, then you yeah, wait yeah. for you know 20 minutes until yeah. the next until it comes by again yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it, it can't be 
I don't know. It, it, the the thing, the appeal of racing is you're kind of hoping people are going to crash. It does seem like, but then that. people die and you yeah, feel it's, bad. It's, it's not like, fun. No, yeah, you don't want people to die. You just want them to crash horribly. <laughs> you just want their cars to explode. Yeah, them yeah. To be, they they need. I mean, well, soon we're going to have self driving cars, right? Sure. And then this problem will be solved. Absolutely. Because the cars will explode, mm-hmm. but there'll be no one in them, so you won't feel bad. That'd be great. Yeah. I would love that. I would watch that. Yeah. And and then you could just make it like a death sport, like where the other car, the robot cars are trying to kill each other the entire time. Yeah. That'd be great. And I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to disparage people who like uh, racing. No, That's totally fine. If you like it, you know, hey, write in. Let, let us yeah, know please. what the appeal is because, like, <laughs> This just isn't a culture I grew up in. This isn't, uh, you know, I always kind of re- pushed against car culture in general just because it's so very inherently tied to, like, masculinity and, like, all these all these bullshit ideals that I just don't really live up to, you know. Um, so it, it's just not something I can get excited yeah. about. Um, that being yeah. said, let's talk about GT64. So this game is subtitled Championship Edition, but to the best of my knowledge, there is no other edition of this. It's just this. I... I, I have a conspiracy theory here. I think that they titled it that way to confuse consumers into thinking this was a Nintendo 64 port of Gran Turismo. Oh. That's my thinking on this. Uh, because Gran Turismo had come out just a little I over feel like a little less than a year before. I feel like just titling it GT64 would get you there. I would right. still think that. I would still I mean, think that, too. It's like Wipeout 64, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's a nice way of indicating it. Uh yeah, this is not related to Gran Turismo other than the I mean, it's, it's a rip off of Gran Turismo. That yeah. they're, they're playing. It's definitely eating Gran Turismo's lunch. Uh it's it's because, you know, Gran Turismo is the best-selling PlayStation game of all time. It's number 1. It sold 10 million units. And the PlayStation sold a lot of copies. The PlayStation so no sold a lot of feet. copies. Didn't sell as much as, you know, Super Mario 64, but you know, who's, who's keeping track? Um, I don't know why I have a weird rivalry with PlayStation now. I don't care. I'm fine. I have a play. I like PlayStation. Can you imagine if we did a PS1 podcast? We'd be oh, doing God. this for like decades. It would take a million years. Yeah, we would never finish. Uh, yeah. So again, to be clear, this is not a port of Gran Turismo. Uh, this game is really sort of you know it's very yeah. it's eating it's eating Gran Turismo's dust. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, Gran Turismo has a lot going. There's a reason that that game sold so well. It has a lot of content. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's sort of what these car games are about, is you want lots of cars to choose from. You want lots of different customization options for those cars, lots of tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game really slouches on content. There are three tracks. Well, technically six, if you want to expand them to well, long Well, yeah, there's versions. a long or short there's version a long or of short the track, version. but it's still the same track. It's still the same track, yeah, three. and it's not very that exciting. Is, that is crazy. That's really low. And like I was reading reviews at the time, and I guess like... Apparently, MRC got pretty good reviews back in the day, which mm-hmm. shocked me because we thought it was so boring. But uh, uh, apparently, this that one was being criticized for only having three tracks as well. And this one is the same. Yeah, it's it's just got the same three tracks. So, I don't know. It's not that exciting. Yeah, so you got your basic modes in here. Yeah. Um, your single race, championship, um, and a two-player mode. Yeah. And that's it yeah you can go in you can sort of you can adjust your car um that is something i like and it it was kind of uh uh, intuitive like like it made sense like it just said you know you get to adjust each little aspect of your car before you start your race so you could choose how sensitive you want your steering how grippy you some of the stuff i feel like some of the stuff was intuitive like obviously the steering tightness or like how hard you want the brakes to trigger makes Mm -hmm. sense but uh, like you're like okay how hard do I want my right suspension versus my left suspension? Yeah. And, like, there's just a bunch of things where it doesn't actually give you any indication of how that's going to affect how your car drives. 
Um, and obviously that's something you would figure out through experimentation, right. but I wish there was like a little meter that sort of referred to the basic principles of your car, like yeah. handling or top speed or, you know, something. which they have actually in the NASCAR games. Which they we'll do. Get um, but this game, there's not a ton of, so these are all licensed, um, or like they're actual racers who mm. are playing. There's, there seems to be a heavy emphasis on Japanese teams, yeah. which makes sense. Cause yeah, it's, it's pretty big over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can't imagine that you would have heard of any of these unless people. you're real into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. guess you. Why would you buy the game unless you were I real guess, into yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll start with some positives first, because sure. there are some positive things yeah. to say about this game. Uh, I think the car models look very nice, yeah. and I think this game controls actually really well. It, yeah. yeah. I was I was pleasantly surprised. This game surprised. is not unfun to play. No, I, like, you know, uh, it, it was very satisfying when we were messing around with it, and we executed a couple of very nice, like, drifts, mm-hmm. and, like, pulled out of it, and got, were able to, like, win races. Yes. Uh, which uh, is a big deal uh, for us. Like, yeah. we talked about that in the past. Like, a lot of these racing games set you up to fail from the beginning. If yeah, you like do not start track, off perfectly. The cars will just jet ahead of you and you're like, well, never seeing them again. You'll never again. get ahead of them. Yeah, you'll and, never get ahead of and them. And there's nothing more demoralizing than just playing a racing game where you're just an eighth the whole time. Yeah. Or in the case of NASCAR, 20th. Absolutely, yeah. But like this one, it, it plays fine. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and the car, like I said, the car looks good. The problem is, it's like you're playing this fun game like that's been laid over a terrible game. Yeah. Like, that's kind they, of the weird the, way to put it. They got the fundamentals down. The fundamentals are right. But the problem is, this game is ugly as fuck. The backgrounds <laughs> are, they look like this patchwork quilt of gray shit. Yeah. Like, it's just this long stream of nothing. There's really bad draw distance, really bad frame rate problems. Like, a lot of times, walls will just pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, you. I mean, they do, they have, like, sort of the traffic sign comes in the center of the screen. It's like, okay, you have a left turn coming. And then you're like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. And then the wall will just pop in front of you. And you're yeah, like, yeah, I knew yeah. that was coming, but I didn't know it was coming so soon. Yeah. And, and the sound is oh my the God. biggest problem this, this is the worst sounding game that we've played so It might far. be. It might honestly be. It, the whole time you hear the engine running and it's like this fork caught in a leaf blower kind of metallic... <laughs> crunching yeah, ima- screaming sound imagine excite bike for nes when you hold the b button mm-hmm. to like go fast and it goes but like the whole time combine without, that without that like old school nes charm combine that with the sound effects from pole position and you're close yeah, yeah just this grating loud and, and no no sound. music no music and no very little i mean very little sound effects of any other kind aside from that engine squeak very little personality of any yeah. kind really it's it's kind of unfortunate um yeah no no commentary nothing like that yeah and so the presentation is just really lacking this game also makes you go through um qualifier laps um before you can actually race them which mm-hmm. is something i don't know i have i was gonna say i have mixed feelings but i don't really i yeah. mostly just hate it i'm anti because yeah. um it's Basically, you have to drive through the whole thing three laps by yourself before you do it racing against other people. And it does give you a feel for where the turns are, which is helpful based sure. on how bad the draw distance is. Yeah. But, like, racing games by... Have you ever been into, like, the time trials in racing games? No. No. Like, no. I'm sure that some people are, but to me, that's always the most boring part of any racing. Like, why do I want to race by myself? Yeah. The exciting part is, like, trying to beat other racers. Yeah. Like, I don't want to try and beat my own time. Yeah. That's- no, that's so boring to me. I don't know. And we played multiplayer on this as well. And again, uh, controlled fine. We were mm-hmm. we were having like a decent amount of fun playing it. But like the frame rate gets 
way way worse. It was already bad to begin with. It gets way way it worse. Fe- to Draw me, distance it gets felt way, way like worse. the cars were going faster. There was like a higher yeah. sense of speed because the frame rate was bad. Right. Yeah. We it was like really an old timey silent movie where the guys are like uh, Charlie Chaplining around each other, looking like they're gonna box. Yeah. I'm ready to move on past GT. I don't know. What do you think? You have anything else to say? About I'm trying GT to think 64? if there was any other modes or anything like that. I mean, yeah, it was definitely the the two player race that we did. Um, it was definitely I felt obligated to mm. finish the yeah. race out of duty, but I was very bored yeah. by, through the first lap, and it's only three laps. I, I must it, point out that you just said duty. I thank, yep. thank, yes, I did yes. it for the comedy. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, uh, yeah. Speaking GT, of not, duty, not, let's move on. Not the worst uh, racing game we played, but not very good. It either. is weird to think of like I, I do feel like that is the right way to design video games. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm any expert on this, but is you start with like, does this game play well? Yeah. Does it, and is this to me is it's sort of the opposite of Blues Brothers that we played last week? Yeah. Of like they sort of built out this foundation of like all these crazy levels and like weird mini games that you could play, but the core gameplay really sucked. Yeah. And yeah, you're you like, need to if, start from the middle. If this out, game yeah. played okay, like it might. Be actually be fun to do all this stuff. Sure. Whereas, um, whatever, I have to look at my notes again to remember what this game was called. <laughs> it's two letters. GT64. <laughs> it's the two letters and, and two, two numbers. numbers. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, they put good racing mechanics in there, but there's no interesting levels and there's no good presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, now we're going to move on to the fun part because uh, we're going to do our first discussion question from a listener. Dear Stephen Woody, what do you think about GT64? It's uh, my favorite. Damn it. Uh, this question comes from 04 Mouse on Twitter. Uh, if the podcast were uh, Ultra 64, the Ultra 64 podcast, if that were adapted into a video game, what kind of game would it be? Now, 04 Mouse suggested a Stephen Woody dating simulator. Ooh. I don't know if that means you and I date or if no, we're I like the you're... bosses where people are trying to yeah, get I to, think uh, that... to date us. Like, No, I think you pick either... Yeah, you pick either me or you, and you try to date the other person. Yeah, okay. Or That's or fair. you pick either one of us, and then it's a competition to see who can date the most people. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, what, however you want to do it, that could work. I'm, yeah. I'm in. I'm on board. All right, here's, here's yeah, yeah. Here's, here's my what's yours? What's your pitch? Um, I think that it is a mini game compilation. Nice. Um, similar to like uh, one of the Olympics type games. Um, and you pick either Steve or Woody at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the mini games are all based on different games that we've played. There's 64 mini games, and they're all based on different games that we've played in the podcast. So you try nice. to win the most of like uh, the dual hero mini. It's kind of like oh, uh, like a WarioWare. Yeah, thing. it's like a yeah. WarioWare style thing. And Ooh, so you play, play like that. you know a one minute mini game of dual heroes. Okay, um, that's maybe a, not that's one the minute, right amount of time long. to play yeah. dual heroes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and. It, yeah, maybe one minute was too long. But yeah, maybe yeah. maybe twenty second mini games were just enough time to sort of figure out what's going on in the game and try and beat the other person. In I it. like that. Yeah. I like and that. And then at the end, you tally up who won the most of the sixty four mini games. I would do that. Oh man, I'm trying to think of like what all the little mini games would be, but that'd be mm-hmm. great. Just like yeah, just total warrior style where they bring in the graphics from the actual games that we play. Yeah, there's the fishing, the fishing just... derby contest. Yeah, um, the slam dunk contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the 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 dance sequence from Blues Brothers yeah yeah exactly um, I love that a little That's bit great. a little bit of Ma- and then the final one is Maze the Dark Age perfect <laughs> and then a little bit of Pokemon Snap scattered in throughout yep. I love that oh that'd be awesome I I had a similar thought but kind of a different genre so like I imagine it as more of a Sonic Adventure kind of style okay. where every character is its own like kind of sort of 
style of game. Okay. So, like, the Woody levels would be a basketball-based RPG a la Shut Up and Jam yeah. Gaiden. Yeah. Uh, my levels That is just my be... favorite genre of video games is basketball-based basketball RPGs. RPGs. Yeah, absolutely. Please, please tell me whenever you can find them. <laughs> Make more of them, people. Make more of them, people. I figure my levels would be like a Mario is Missing style trivia competition. Oh, where yeah. you go through and answer pointless questions about yep. stupid shit that no one cares about. I like this. Uh, and we could bring in some of our guests. Like, Josiah can just have sports mini-games. Uh, Dan just plays as a giant girl. Gorilla. Uh, Neil carries Rosie around in a backpack. You know, Nicole's <laughs> nice. just playing Doctor Mario. You know, yeah. we got we got options. Yeah. Well, when your character gets sick, you have to go visit Nicole, and she pursues, <laughs> and then you play the Doctor Mario <laughs> mini game <laughs> of her <laughs> throwing pills at you, <laughs> which is what I imagine she does at work all day, yes. room to room. Ah, ah. Yes. Well, great question, O4 yeah, Mouse. That's Thank that's you fun. so much. That one was fun. Let's move on to NASCAR 99, which is less fun. Ooh, so much less uh, fun. Released September 11th, 1998. I will remember that day. Uh, developed EA Sports and developed by, by EA Sports Do you and think it's weird Studios. That whenever now somebody says like September 11th or like you're like it's 9/11 mm. and we're just always like never forget and we always do it like it's half a joke. It's like a Pavlovian response. You know, at this it's kind of yeah. weird. Like yeah. it's kind of messed up, but it still kind of makes me chuckle. Do you think people so. like 20 years after the Alamo were doing that? Like, no. <laughs> probably not. No, because it was. I don't know what date the Alamo was at. They didn't. They didn't. It was. It was twenty years before people started making jokes about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, this game was uh, developed by EA Sports and Stormfront Studios, and published by EA Sports, and it was also released on PlayStation. EA, of course, we have discussed, but this is our first time meeting Stormfront Studios, and I was kind of surprised that they're a little bit of a big deal. Uh, they were founded in 1998, and the company burst onto the scene with Neverwinter Nights. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I, didn't, I was going to make that statement. I was well, afraid I was going to sound no, dumb, because no, I didn't think that the NASCAR you company... You believed in yourself. You were right. Yeah, the, uh, Neverwinter Nights was the first online RPG to display graphics. So it was a pretty big deal. It was it was like the online RPG of the 90s until like the late 90s when uh, Ultima Online and EverQuest came out and kind of unseated it. And then BioWare bought the Neverwinter Nights uh, franchise and they kind of made a couple of really great uh, action RPGs off of it. Um, and this is also the studio responsible for developing the first Madden game. So they've, wow, they've okay. left a hell of a footprint. Yeah. They, they were dissolved in 2008, and uh, their last game was the famously terrible adaptation of the feature film Aragon, the I dragon-based... Did, uh, I guess I did know that that video game existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, famously bad. But, uh, man, you know, for a company that was only around for, like, 20 years, they that, that those are a couple of really major franchises, <laughs> yeah. really major, like, uh, impacts on the game <laughs> Add industry. to the major franchises and ask NASCAR 99. NASCAR 99 and Tommy LaRusso baseball. They also did. Who cares about that? Uh, yeah, this one, uh, if you were paying attention to the dates, this is about two weeks after GT came out. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I wasn't paying attention to the we dates. Have, uh, so. we, have, we have NASCAR. Let's talk a little bit about NASCAR. So NASCAR stands for the National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing. It was officially founded in 1948 as a way of adding structure to this increasingly popular amateur racing circuit that was kind of arising in the southern United States. Now, the races originally developed around moonshiners who were <laughs> running bootleg hooch uh, during Prohibition. The term stock car took on kind of an ironic meaning because stock car then meant 
a car that appeared to be just off the assembly ah, line, but, but it had hidden compartments. Nice. That, but but yeah, so um, where they could stash stash all the hooch. Exactly. So before long, bootleggers in the community were setting up little friendly races between distilleries and distributors. And by the 1930s, uh, prohibition had been lifted, but the races were still happening, and they were getting more and more popular. So uh, the father of NASCAR is a mechanic from Daytona Beach, Florida, named Bill France Jr. And uh, NASCAR actually remains part of the France family today. The current wow. president is his grandson, Jim France. Um, so over the years, the specific rules of NASCAR became codified and the distinctive style of racing was established. I'm, I'm not sure if this is still true. Uh, according to a 2012 study, NASCAR was the second most watched television sporting event in the United States, just behind football. The big event every year is the Daytona 500. It's held at the Daytona International Speedway in Florida. And Richard Petty is the driver with the most Daytona wins of all time. He was, so, he's won seven. Like, that's crazy to me that it is, you know, it, even if it's not the second most watched sport, yeah. it's still, like, up there. It's up there, yeah. People, I, I don't people know, probably watch it more than baseball. Yeah, I don't know anybody who watches NASCAR. And that's, you know, we live in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, yeah, um, we're in the, the commie left coast. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it, you'd think that, like, for something that popular, there would be someone that we knew... Who would be excited about some it. kind of crossover? But I don't feel like anyone that I know could tell me the first thing about NASCAR. There is like a, a racetrack just outside of town here, isn't there? Yeah, like, I think there, there is. is. And uh, yeah, this this is stereotypically NASCAR is kind of big in the heartland. It's kind of sure. big in uh, the the middle With of the, the flyover states, you know. Yeah, so it's kind of like a like a white collar kind of or like a blue collar kind of sporting event. Yeah, not white collar. You get get your colors straight. Again, my colors confused. I'm sorry. I'm so colorblind. <laughs> yeah, colorblind. Uh, anyway. Uh so today, uh the most dominant driver in NASCAR is a guy named Kyle Busch. Uh, I don't really know much about him. I didn't look into it. I didn't care. The high- <laughs> <laughs> That's a good fun trivia with yeah, Steve. Fun trivia with me. Yay. Uh, the highest earning uh, racer of all time is Dale Earnhardt Jr., who has racked up an estimated $300 million through wins and sponsorships. I'm so sure. that's I'm sure most insane. of it is sponsorships. And, of but. course, he is the son of the most famous NASCAR driver of all time, the intimidator Dale Earnhardt Sr. Now, uh, Earnhardt died in a wreck in Daytona in 2001, which was pretty horrifying if you think about it. Because, like, the wreck, I, I saw it on YouTube. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's not like this big, spectacular, fatal-looking wreck. But you are still watching a man die on sure. national television. Like he was, he was forty nine. Well, I believe years old. his son was actually in, he was the, in the race. race. He was, and, yeah. It was. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah, uh, uh, he just it just got in a car wreck and died. Uh, and it, and it's kind of it kind of brings out the weird dichotomy about NASCAR is that you mostly care about the. Cra- I think audiences care a lot about crashes. The crashes are like the big exciting. But how part often of are there NASCAR. crashes? Is there crashes th- every race? Or I, I mean, mean, I don't know actually. I think there's at least minor ones every race because sure. you have 200 cars like racing for five hours. Like it's probably going to happen. But like at the same time, it's like this is the appeal of it. But also, when in something like this happens, it's like shit you really need to examine your priorities a little bit like this this was kind he was kind of like the most beloved like nascar driver he was like a lot of people's hero and he just died in a race so i don't know food for thought chew on that for a little bit Uh, a couple of random fun facts nascar races are 500 miles long the average track is 2.5 miles in diameter so that's 200 laps the fastest average stock car goes about uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, the average stock car goes through about 55 tires per race. Wow. That's nuts. 
Uh, the fastest NASCAR race in history was won by Mark. Mark. The Geico 1997. He averaged about 188 miles per hour and finished the 500-mile course in two and a half hours. And the average NASCAR race lasts three hours and 15 minutes. So that's a pretty impressive uh, increase in time. Wow, yeah. So well, that's about as long as the Super Bowl. That's about as long as well, the Super Bowl. No, not, I mean, not, I guess, with all the ads. But that's yeah. a little longer than most average football games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and again, I'm just going to reinforce. I just I can't get over how boring it seems. It's, and that's, yeah. that's the hard part. And I feel like there must be something that we're missing. Because clearly there's plenty of people who enjoy it. Yeah. But you, and you know, this this has been said millions of times, but you're only turning left. Yeah. There's. It's it, just left. That's all you do. It, it, every course is a, this game hilariously has about 20 different courses. And ah. so we're like, oh, the GT game only has three courses, but the NASCAR <laughs> game has 20, but they're all just variations on ovals general ovoid shapes yeah, yeah some, some have little like dog eggy. legs but yeah that's about some are it. more round um some is some are vaguely trapezoidal but yeah. you know still ovoid yeah and you're always uh, driving the same direction and avoid is what you should do with this game yeah. oh spoiler i don't like this game uh yeah so this is the second game in er's nascar or ea's nascar series not er <laughs> uh, after uh get this nascar 98 came before this can Ooh, you believe that i i twist uh, it features 31 current drivers, six hidden legendary drivers, and 17 tracks total. Uh, pretty bare bones modes uh, as usual. Uh, you get a quick race option, which is kind of nice because like you don't have to fuss around with picking a track or a racer or anything because it really doesn't matter. No. They just drop you in, and they really drop you in. There's no like starter yeah. pistol or anything. You are moving the moment the game starts, which is kind of cool in its own way, but also yeah. a little strange it was like, it's discombobulating if you, you there know. doesn't seem to be any mode where you actually start driving like anyone it, weaned on mario kart or really any traditional racing game is gonna be it's gonna throw you for a loop for yeah. a second you're just going well this whole game throws you for a loop ah one big long loop for 500 miles <laughs> yeah we said i we went into the championship mode and i set mm. the race at 100 <laughs> percent, and it, it was like okay um this is gonna be 383 laps oh on the God. las vegas track I can't imagine. I mean, you know, there's a charity. Uh, they do like a speed running things and they play the, there's a Penn and Teller video Is that game. Good games done quick. I think, yeah. I think so. But anyway, yeah. the, I'm not sure if that's the same charity, but there's oh. one that does. Yeah. They play this Penn and Teller video game that came out for the Sega CD called Desert Bus. Yeah. And basically you drive real time distance from um, California to Las Vegas. Right. And it takes, you know, I think the whole game takes five hours. Yeah. yeah. At least. And yeah. they play through the whole thing. I feel like racing this in NASCAR 99, the whole length, would be a very similar experience. I think so. That could be a charity thing we do if we hate ourselves. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this one would – that would I would. I laugh. would rather play Duel Heroes for eight hours Yeah. go through one, one full-length race. All right. So uh, in the spirit of trying to find something nice to say uh, – I think the the backgrounds look a little better in this one. Oh, uh, I don't even know, man. They I were mean, so boring. They're they're boring, but they're not distracting. I think the, the problem that GT did was they over-textured everything. Sure. This one goes the opposite direction. Everything's baby smooth, which is weird, but like they over-textured everything in GT, so it's just kind of this cacophonous mess. Ca um, this one looks clean. The camera's very close to your car in NASCAR, and so yeah. you kind of only see the very top rim of the track, and so you're kind of just looking up to the sky mm. with a little bit of billboards. But there's not even really like a 
bleachers for the crowds or anything like that no you can sometimes see like the trailers in the middle of the track that are looking out but um yeah and yeah draw distance is actually still an issue but it's all coming up on the other side of the fence like the only thing that's popping up is billboards so like yeah you might miss a reebok ad or something but like you're you're not gonna and again you're only going one direction right the draw distance doesn't matter because you're like well i know the turn coming up is going to be a gradual left turn you got the one option if you're going the other way they will tell you you're doing it wrong yeah don't turn right and you're fine what side of your car is the grass on yeah. it should be on the left and then you're fine yeah and the car models themselves though don't look as good as what was the game we played gt G- gt that's right <laughs> um <laughs> see this is why i was dreading this episode because i'm like man this game is these games are so boring like just looking at them i'm like oh god i'm forgetting these yeah already. um you know yeah the car models look kind of cardboardy yeah in, in this game um, yeah very like fold your own like nintendo labo fold your own car NASCAR, yeah 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 the the weirdly the windshields are like gigantic and like take up the full back of the car like down to the trunk and everything it's really strange uh yeah they don't the cars don't look very good and they don't handle very well like yeah it's i i don't know we kept just bumping into walls like for a game where you do all you do is turn in one direction it's kind of hard to turn in that one direction yeah i would you you see the wall code the turn coming and i would just jam hard to the left and the car just kind of wouldn't turn yeah and this game does, and the mechanics of shifting gears. I mean, this game doesn't have, shouldn't have that complicated of mechanics. No. but it's surprisingly hard. Like, you doesn't consistently shift gears unless you get to a certain speed or yeah. shift down. And this, which game, I guess is realistic, but like, it's yeah, also boring. But like in this game, this game is so hard. It's just what we talked about before. You start in twentieth place um, out of twenty, and. It just seems impossible to catch any of the other cars. Yeah. It's a Sisyphean I, racer. We'll start yeah, calling we, them that from now on. Yeah, you dropped We passed it one person and shot into 19th place yeah. and then didn't see anyone else, and then that person passed us. And it's like, well, I guess I'll drive in 20th place for the next 12 laps. It's incredibly <laughs> tedious. There's a little pit stop feature, and again, I feel like this is a wasted opportunity because you pull into the pit stop and you can choose real quick. Uh, what do you want them to do? And depending on what you do, it takes them longer. So if you need your tires changed and your gas filled and your, your... and it's all done, it's all done from the driver's perspective, mm. which you know is I guess realistic, but yeah. it's also quite boring because you're not seeing that action. And you brought up the excellent point that mm. this would be a great time to have some kind of mini game. Yeah, control. Like, yeah, yeah, control out all the to things. the pit stop people, and even if it's just jamming a or like even make- like I, I would. I was thinking like kind of a Mortal Kombat style uh, combo entry, like where you sure. press a button for each person to like try and do it as fast as you can. Different a different meter where you have to time it, or like uh, the the trick system in 1080 snowboarding. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, where it spells out the, the button prompts on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's ton, tons of ways you could have done that. And it brings me to the next question I have for you. Yeah. Of, is so we agree that this game is not fun. I agree. Yes. Um, how do you make a NASCAR game fun? Like, I think you make it set from the perspective of the pit crew. Yeah. I think that's the fun way to do it. I think, uh, it should be all that. It should be, uh, like a management simulator yeah. or like a, like a, car building or like something yeah you brought up the car building earlier i think that's a good way to go but like the racing is the most boring part about nascar 
like the the culture and the excitement and everything going on around it is much more interesting. Yeah, like getting endorsements and things like that. And these cars all, you know, it's obviously real drivers, and they should have the endorsements on each car. So yeah. you drive the McDonald's car, the Cheerios car. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be. I'm not going to go as far as to say that would be fun because I don't think I'm ever going to enjoy a NASCAR game. Maybe not, but, but it'd be something a little different. Yeah, maybe. to decide like who you want to sponsor you and the pros and cons of each. And yeah. Thing. I, yeah, it's just like. And this game does have a little bit of customization mm. of, like, you can adjust how tight you want your, your wedge. And I don't know what that means. Well, I mean, we can all use a tight wedge, I guess. Sure. Um, that's just like the salad that's, like, half an iceberg. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, do that. And then that does have the meter where it tells you how that's going to affect your handling. Yeah. This is so boring. And we're going to talk about it again in a few <laughs> yeah. seconds here because uh, we're playing another one. So let's let's move to yeah. a second discussion question. Let's do uh, we're, we're still basically on topic because Stuart Savage wrote and asked, well, what cool is name. a defunct racing game series that you would like to see brought back? I feel like we're going to have the same answers for this. I, I agree. A lot um, of the way. <laughs> well, I'll go first. Go ahead. I'm going to say rock and roll racing. I have that yeah, too. Um, yep. which was a wonderful Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis game set in space. Mm-hmm. It had a very sort of spiky punk aesthetic. It was great. Um, and your cars, um, shot missiles and it was that isometric view which yeah. works really well from like rc pro-am and stuff like that that um, was another one i said yeah yeah, yeah. um I like, and i like that stuff it had a lot of care it was a very early blizzard game had a lot of character to it yeah um and you know that game could very easily get sort of ripped off and expanded and i think that it's someone has tried to yeah. do that um with sort of low budget knockoff forms um but I think you need to sort of maintain that isometric view for it to work. Yeah, definitely. I Yeah, I said those. I like the isometric racers. Yeah. Um, Burnout is a series I feel like we both really love yeah. and like has been kind of it's weird dead or in that, limbo for a while. It's weird that Burnout died. I don't yeah. understand why because I agree. I forget when it's in that weird zone where it's not clear whether or not it's dead because the last one came out like five or six years ago and right. so you're like does that mean that it's dead and they just did a re-release and I, th- I think they might be bouncing around between studios right now mm. like i think some studios went under or something like that i'm yeah. not sure exactly burnout to me is like the per like that's a sim sim it's not a very good simulation but it's a simulation as i want to get Bur- burnout 3 might be my favorite racing game just yeah because it's, it's- it's like it's more of a puzzle game than anything else because you're you're trying to see how much destruction you can cause with one vehicle. Well, at I don't a time. actually yeah. even like the crash modes in it. Really, that much. I find that to be kind of boring. Oh, see, um, I like the crash. Mode. I really like the I really love the road rage mode where you like are slamming other guys. Oh into yeah, those the are wall. fun. And yeah, I feel like. I feel like Burnout, I really didn't like Burnout Paradise, which was the newest one. Oh, I didn't play that. Um, where it was going through this annoying time where they decided that every game needed to be an open world game. And oh, so you yeah. have to drive to each course to start it. Open world racing um, games are so pointless. I think like yeah. one of the biggest open world games of all time is a racing game. It's like Dirt or something huh. like that because they made it ludicrously huge. But you don't need that. No, I don't like, want to be driving just to get to the other tracks. And like then then when you actually erase, it just says all you do is get from this point to this point, and you can go whatever route you want. Yeah. But again, I don't want to do that because then I'm. I don't know. I want to follow like a tight track because yeah. that's a lot more interesting to me than just trying to blaze through and follow the tiny little radar map in the corner. Yeah. But Burnout Thank 3 you. didn't have that problem. It's no. kind of episodic 
and uh, it's, it's like chapter based. Burnout and it's three a, it's and just Burnout great. Revenge are still oh yeah, Revenge is fun game, too. Yeah. And Revenge had the advantage of you could smash into dudes from behind and not get. I did have one hipster ironic suggestion I okay. wanted to put forward. Yeah. The uh, the 1994 Sega Genesis game Skitchen. Have you played Skitchen? I think I have played Skitchen. <laughs> that, uh, for for uninitiated listeners, uh, Skitchen is a game where you are an inline rollerblader, oh. and you have to get around by uh, grabbing onto the bumpers of cars yeah. and letting them drag you for a little Which bit. We learned in Back to the Future. That's a thing. Yeah, it's a yeah. thing. And uh, in the game, like other skaters will try and get on the back of cars, and you have to punch them to get them off. It's a bad game, but uh, it's different. It's unlike anything. Well, else, and on the so same it's... note, what about Road Rash? Where's our yeah. new Road Rash? And I don't know if. I don't know if Road Rash was ever that good, and we'll find out when we'll we find get out. to that. Yeah, I don't um, know. I don't know. But, again... It I, I always like, liked the idea of Road yeah, Rash. Yeah, it feels like a sure win of, like, dudes on motorcycles hitting each other with chains. Yeah. And it seems like there must be a way to do it right. I mean, you could do, like, it's, a Mad Max skin on Road Rash and, like, have a badass fun Mad yeah, Max Yeah, it's game. weird. I don't know. I feel like there's not many just racing franchises in general like mario kart sort of dominates and then you have your sim racing games like forza forza is still really big gran turismo's kind of gone away too yeah, yeah but i mean yeah. i'm sure it's got it's got to come back oh, i'm but sure i don't know where like the goofy weapons based sort of games are that, that yeah. aren't mario kart. and that's why like Bur- burnout kind of splits the difference yeah. like it it is a it is a racing sim if you take that kind of sh- stuff seriously but if you just want to goof off and blow cars up yeah. in really cool ways, you can totally do that. Anyway, thank you, Stuart, for that question. That was, uh, it was that was fun to revisit some of those games. I think I'm going to go play some Burnout tonight. Have you ever played Biker Mice from Mars? No, not the it's video a, game, It's no. a randomly, like, really good Super Nintendo Is game. It? It's, I mean, it's very rock and roll racing-esque, but it's surprisingly fun with lots some of different Some of those, characters. like, Ninja Turtle rip-off stuff was, like, surprisingly good. Yeah. Like, there's a Bucky O'Hare game on the NES yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I love that game. All right, speaking of a game I don't love, let's move on to NASCAR 2000, released September 15th, 1999, so just a year later. Developed by EA Sports and Stormfront again, and published by EA Sports again, and this was also released on PlayStation and Game Boy Color. Uh, this might be the most marginal update of a game we've seen. Uh, the speedometer looks different. speedometer looks different. Menus are different color. Options are all still the same. Okay, the moving end. on. <laughs> we literally can move on because that's it. We said everything with NASCAR 99. Like, I'm tempted to just leave it there. Uh, yeah, let's, let, let's leave. I, I, it felt a tiny bit smoother, but maybe that's just because I was used to... Yeah. It, it, I, I, oh, I we didn't no mention that both difference. these games were two-player. Yeah. And the, the two-player actually played okay. Oh, yeah, played and fine. And you can share the super boring gameplay with your friends. Yeah, I mean, it, it moves at a good clip, and there wasn't any uh, noticeable slowdown other than just, like, the brain cells in your yeah. head burning <laughs> our, off. Our sense of fucking bored. our will to live slowing down <laughs> Yeah, we played these games. Yeah, and I mean, again, I, I don't mean this to reflect on people who like NASCAR. No. I'm just saying these games are bad. <laughs> no, this, I, the I don't stereotype this... of the NASCAR fan is probably unfair. Yeah. Being as I haven't met very na- many NASCAR fans, I don't know. You know I've known I've known but. plenty in my life, and it's just you know it, it's it yeah they're not they're just stereotypes. But like I'm not I'm not knocking people who like it. Anyway, we're moving on past NASCAR 2000. Right. That's the well, shortest Matt, you do, review they, 
ever. NASCAR 2000 does get a distinction mm-hmm. in, in our podcast of having the shortest review, shortest review ever. Yeah. Let's move on to our uh, final discussion question here. Uh, this one's from Tanner York, who asks, what are some of your favorite recent indie game releases, oh, independent game releases? Uh, I have so many. Me too. Oh, man. I think this is kind of our wheelhouse. Like, this, these are the kind of games we tend to gravitate towards. I'm going to go first. All right. Time. Fair enough. Uh, of course, I've talked about a lot. Stardew Valley yeah. uh, is probably the one I put the most time into in recent years. So a couple weird things just to consider about indie games yeah. that are a little odd is, like, he in his question, he says like recent game releases mm-hmm. it's weird the way so many indie games have such a retro feel that time almost seems irrelevant yeah like stardew cool. valley is not really a recent or recent game like it's like three years old yeah um but like it doesn't feel any newer or older than like cuphead or something no. which has its own totally unique style and that's the know? thing too it's like how do you really define an independent game because i mean you could yeah. probably lump cuphead in there as well but cuphead has been at pushed very strong by microsoft yeah, as like one of their big platforms ton right of in, like, tons of indie games sell like a huge amount of copies because yeah. they tend to be cheaper and like they'll sell more than like a huge release and i like them too because they tend to be short like you can you can bla- like blaze through some of the, these games pretty quickly um yeah, aside from Stardew... Except for Stardew Valley. Yeah, except for Stardew Valley, sure. but that one's kind of meant to be played sure. just whenever you want to play it. Uh, there's a recent game that came out on the Switch that I have been championing to anyone who will listen to me talk about it. It's called Yuko's Island Express. Huh. Fantastic game. It mixes, like, Metroidvania-style exploration and upgrading with pinball. Well, that sounds cool. I'm going to let you borrow it. It's okay. super rad. It's fantastic. It's got so much personality and this great, like watercolor art style it's really gorgeous so yuko's island really express cool. yeah um i recently finished a game called ape out mm-hmm. which was great top-down game where you play a monkey smashing everybody very stylish the whole thing looks like a like a saul bass like opening credit sequence and it plays with acid jazz that gets wilder and wilder the more kills you rack up really cool uh, I'll stop there so I don't... I'll, I'll jump oh. back in, but I'll All let right. you take some before uh, I don't Well, the big one I want to... I mean, speaking of, like, indie games that sort of go beyond and become huge, I just... it's This is not, like, a lesser-known indie game, but I want to champion Enter the Gungeon. Right, because, I've heard you talking about uh, yeah. Enter the Gungeon is probably, like, my favorite game of the last three, four years. Cool. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite games ever. I think I have two... Speaking of games not taking a long time, I think I have, like, 200 hours on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just, to me, it's, like, combines all the things that I want. It's, like, twin-stick shooter with, like, fun retro graphics and a sense of humor. Mm. You can get all these guns that sort of reference these old video games. You get, like, the Mega Man Blaster, the Earthworm Jim gun. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of... It just... I really get addicted to these sort of roguelike games where each run you sort of are getting a different treasure each time and so it's you know they're definitely luck based but enter the gungeon is nice because there's definitely like yes you're getting better random stuff every time but also it's sort of you're matt improving your skills and on that same note another one that just came out and this one is very recent on the switch at least is i knew i was going to get addicted to it because i read the description uh. and they're like this is a roguelike deck building game okay and I'm like, wow this is my jam it's called slay the spire oh it's yeah also yeah. a pretty um big game i think we played that right is that where you're no no no, we haven't played that we played something Um, i don't remember what we played but slay the spire yeah it's like if you've ever played dominion it's like imagine that each 
it's like Dominion crossed with an RPG, the Dominion card game. I love that game. Yeah. Um, and so each guy that you beat, you can have the opportunity to add a new card to your deck. And then there's treasures that sort of... So you're trying to build towards a specific strategy. Yeah. And so it's definitely like luck-based, but also definitely strategy. And that game's really cool. I As of now, don't buy it on Switch because it's super buggy and it keeps crashing on okay, me. Okay, okay. But probably by the time this podcast comes out and they'll you're listening to it, it, they'll have patched it. Yeah. But make sure they patched it. <laughs> have you, that game's awesome. Have you played The Binding of Isaac? I actually don't like The Binding of Isaac. Really? And that that's seems like really right... surprising. It does. Th- yeah. And I've tried to play it, but the core gameplay of The Binding of Isaac is very slow. Okay. The okay. walking around and the way the character shoots is just like the little pluck, pluck, pluck. I yeah. just find boring. Whereas, like, Enter the Gungeon plays way faster. Okay. And you have the ability to, like, dodge and roll, roll, roll past stuff. So it feels much more like an action game to me whereas like the i really appreciate the binding of isaac aesthetic and do think i would really like it i just find the core gameplay to be boring yeah it feels I, very I find like i keep being put off by the aesthetic of it because oh, the whole okay. point of it's binding of isaac, gross you're playing from yeah. the perspective of an abused naked yeah. child and it's just like this is very unpleasant yeah and, uh, i don't know the whole gameplay has sort of a weird like newgrounds flash feel to me yeah and i know a lot of people really really love that game and champion that i was just curious if that if that was one for you yeah it's it's no enter the gungeon I'll toss out a couple of the random ones just real quick. Yeah. Celeste, I played recently. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Hollow Knight. Yeah, but these are all like huge games. These are huge games. Yeah, Miami like, Connection. Uh, Bob. No, not you. Miami Connection. Miami Connection what is, is that. Miami Conne- you're which one am I thinking of? Hotline, Hotline Miami. Miami. Hot, okay, Fuck. two things. Yeah, Time two out. Things. Yeah. Okay. Hotline Miami 1 and 2 are both delightful, like over the top, hyper violent crazy games of just like super speed you shoot everyone. Yeah. Miami Connection mm. is a awesome, violent, over the top movie obscure movie from the 80s um that recently got rediscovered as a great good bad movie yeah i highly recommend both um, great both yeah great. both great miami connection and hotline if i miami. could remember the title yeah, yeah i got them confused well they're uh, both delightful we got to talk about both delightful absolutely all right let's move on to our rankings wait i have, have, I have, have one, more, oh, one more one more, more game more. since we we just mentioned like a whole bunch of oh, like, yeah, yeah, really yeah. big ones yeah toss them out um i want to mention a smaller one which is called lethal league lethal um league. which is kind of like um uh, racquetball um you play as these like cool characters and you bounce a uh ball back and forth with pong but you're trying to get it to hit the other person and so it keeps going faster and faster okay um so it's kind of like a fighting game combined with pong okay so i really like lethal league lethal league i have to look into that one all right we are going to rank these Racing games that we've already League forgot. At number one, <laughs> Hollow Knight at number two, and Enter the Gungeon at number zero for I being the best ever. Blissfully happy not talking about NASCAR games for a minute, but uh, yeah. So every week we add the games that we've just talked about to our ongoing list. Uh, this will bring us up to 143. Uh, we're getting very close to the halfway point here. Uh, so for me, uh, I am going to put GT64 at number 103. Okay. That puts it right in between Monopoly above and Charlie Blast's territory below. Like I said, there were things to like about this game. Yeah. If it wasn't such an assault on the senses, <laughs> like Definitely I would... Definitely play this on mute. Yeah, we had to turn it down at least. Like, yeah, yeah if, if it wasn't such an assault on the senses, I could give it a, a marginal recommend. Uh, but yeah, it, it's they really dropped the ball on the graphics and the options. Uh, NASCAR 99 and 2000. I'm putting 2000 slightly above 99 just because. Why not? I like the speedometer better. Yeah. Uh, these are both going uh, underneath Batman uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. So that's number 131 and 132. 
pretty close to the bottom. Yeah. You know, you can't even. I I don't I don't even know if these are like bad games or just like bad versions of NASCAR or what. But I it was so unbelievably tedious and hard to control, and I just I cannot imagine sitting through an entire race of this. No, it. Um, yeah, we're 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 pretty similar in our in our understanding. Um, yeah, again, GT it has. It's not bad, uh, but it's certainly not good. And even if you were into it, the fact that there's only three tracks makes it pretty pointless. Yeah, um, we definitely played better racing games. For oh the yeah, system. yeah, definitely. Um, these games all made me appreciate Ridge Racer a lot more. Oh I yeah, I think that's this type of game. Ridge Racer is far ahead of these other ones. Oh, absolutely. Um, so GT sixty four, I'm putting it a number one hundred and thirty two, mm-hmm. which is right above Hey You Pikachu. Okay. Um, and then again, NASCAR 2000. I also like the speedometer a little more. Yeah. So it's why going not? at number 138, and uh, NASCAR 99 is going at 139, which is right below Penny Racers, which Ooh, is a game I wow. never thought I would play a worse racing game than, but apparently wow, I have. That's amazing. And uh, above Super Bowling, which is still in the. This is like the. This is like a little corner of just unbelievably boring games. Yeah. Um, like yeah. NASCAR and Super Bowling. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I can't get into those. What I can get into is letters from listeners. Letters We've got a couple from of letters from y'all. Uh, first one letter right here. That's words. Me <laughs> talk. Good. Man, speak good well. Hello, Stephen Woody. Uh, I've Hello. enjoyed the podcast for many months now after Thank hearing you. it promoted on the Flophouse. Yay. When I heard that your contract with the devil that forces you to review every N64 <laughs> game, no matter how boring, was leading you to another Steve, racing he episode. He just called you the devil, Steve. Are yeah. you aware of this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay. Uh, uh, I knew that I had to pat it out by answering two of your queries to listeners, yes. one recent and the other not so much. It's okay. On your most recent episode reviewing Blues Brothers 2000, you asked about game adaptations from odd source material. For that, I drag you to the 1995 point-and-click adventure game based on Harlan Ellison's short story, I Have oh, No, I, yeah. I have no Mouth, But I Must Scream. Yeah, yeah, I've played it too. A video game based on a short story that has not been adapted into a television series or movie is unusual enough. However, of all the short stories to make into a video game, why select one that is known for having an ending in which, spoiler alert, all of humanity is killed off aside from a lone dude who, for the rest of eternity, is subjected to body horror that would make David Cronenberg blush? The game is pretty well regarded by reviewers from what I can tell, but that doesn't change the fact that it was an odd choice for an adaptation, particularly when one of the protagonists you play as is revealed to be a Nazi surgeon who turns his own parents into the Third Reich. There was That game's grim. There was yeah, well the story is grim. There was a weird sort of sub I don't know, there was a weird time of like mid 90s like super grim point and click pc adventure games there's a really like good blade that. runner one um yeah. dark seed i yeah. think is another one there's two of those that has phantasmagoria uh, hr yeah. hr geiger art mm. um sanatorium i think is the name of it and it's just yeah. like what where did all this like super creepy stuff i don't know i guess it was just people realized that this was a way to sort of put that art in be a little like, edgier yeah. yeah point yeah. and click was sort of the genre for that and that's that's I have no mouth. It's definitely one of them. And that's a good game. Pick it up. It's on uh, Steam and GOG mm-hmm. for pretty cheap. So, yeah. Um, continuing. In reference to an older question about uh, games that listeners had as children that weren't particularly good, but they constantly played because of the cost of the games made yeah. getting new ones rare. My first game system as a kid was the NES, and my weird game that I played constantly for lack of anything better was Magmax. Not to be confused with Mad Max. <laughs> A port of a Japanese arcade game originally released in 1985. Magmax is a side-scrolling shooter in which you control a spaceship that floats along and shoots at odd, nondescript villains. Some of which look like spaceships or robots, and some of which look like suburban houses or the Arc de Triomphe. (laughs) 
There's, there are two unusual things about Magmax. One, even for the time, the gameplay is almost embarrassingly limited. You play one continuous level for about five minutes before you have a boss fight with a three-headed robot dragon. Then the game continues to the same continuous level for another five minutes before Ooh. you have a second boss fight with the same three-headed robot Whoa. dragon. Then the game starts over. There are slightly more enemies the second time around, and they move slightly faster, but it's the same 10-minute game. It just repeats forever. There is no ending. It's like NASCAR. It's shooter form. It is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and number two, you get upgrades for your ship, one of which is a robot torso and one of which is a pair of robot legs. Both get upgrades and you've got a full-fledged robot. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Well, there is one problem. You, you answered too quickly. Oh. <laughs> There's a problem. No. Uh, because of where your ship and the, its cannon are positioned between the torso and the legs, it looks for all the world oh, like your no. robot is shooting enemy ships out of its crotch with white... <laughs> Slightly rounded projectiles. You just endorse that on the that's air. That's okay. I, I endorse that. I, <laughs> you I, own, I own a game that's that. I modded my PS2 so I could play Choaniki, which is that exact same it's mechanic. That exact game. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Okay, uh, final paragraph. I, I spent days playing this game between the ages of 7 and 8, which probably warped me in immeasurable ways. Well, that's probably enough for me. Keep up the good work on the show, and no matter what you do, please never fix that glorious audio glitch. And that is from Ryan Byers. Thank you, Ryan. That's an awesome story, and thank you for uh, uh, tossing those out there. Yeah. I think I had a copy of Mag Max when I was collecting, I, but I I'm never played it. I'm racking my brain. I'm sure I've played it because I've... I played most NES games for like a few minutes. Yeah, but I have no memory of this game. I, I looked it up on YouTube when I got this letter, and yeah. I still I don't remember it now. Uh, the next letter comes in from Adam Coles. It says hi, Stephen Woody. I am writing regarding the comments Steve made about both the gold and gray Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time cartridges being the same. This is actually not true. I did not know this. Ocarina of Time actually has three versions. Version 1.0 holds content such as Ganondorf's Red Blood and the Islamic Chant from the Fire Temple. This can be found in both the gold and the gray carts. Version 1.1 fixes the swordless glitch and steal the rod glitch from 1.0, but no graphical changes were made. This version can also be a gold or gray cart. And version 1.2 fixes the red blood and the fire temple chant and is exclusively a gray cart. Sorry for being technical, but I felt the need to share. Keep up the good work. P.S. Be careful if you open the door to variant collecting. It's a crazy one. (laughs) Yeah, that's very crazy. Well, especially on that, because you're not going to know what variant you're getting like if you wanted a different version of the game you don't know what you get based on you have to like play to you have to like look through the the, maybe it's labeled on the back or something i don't don't, get that deep into it oh yeah yeah but i i do appreciate the correction on that for like collectors who are more hardcore i'd also like to just say in i got a text message from my friend aaron george who we had on on the bomberman episode Uh um who was telling me that exact same thing oh really i I forgot so also know that aaron george knew that as well okay shout out to aaron and shout out to adam so thank you the the guys with a starting names are killing it today uh and uh our last letter today is from dan raderman it says Hey guys, excited to hear you are tackling the Ocarina of Time episode this week. This is a older letter. Uh, I am a longtime listener at this point, having listened to each episode. Thank you so much. And I really enjoy the in-depth analysis you guys provide of the games in a very approachable fashion. I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts about some of the more modern ways to play Ocarina of Time. Namely, the 3D remake, the Wii Virtual Console injections, which run at a higher resolution, or randomizer mods. There are a lot of ways to come back to Ocarina of Time for both new and returning players, and I thought it would be really cool if you guys wanted to talk about some of those other ways to experience the game. 
On a slightly unrelated note, there was an episode a few weeks back where someone had a question about the EverDrive 64, which I vaguely remember, mm-hmm. and I was surprised that uh, no one has corrected you since. Oh, so, no. uh, so the EverDrive 64 is actually not an emulator. It's a modern piece of hardware, basically a third-party N64 cartridge with an SD card slot that tricks the N64 into thinking any game or mod that someone may have loaded into the system. For any mod that's larger than 32 megabytes, this is the only way to play those mods on original hardware, such as Banjo Dreamy, which is a full remake of Banjo-Kazooie with different levels, or any of the numerous Mario 64 or Mario Kart 64 ROMs. Some English translation hacks exist as well, though admittedly there aren't a ton of those. thought it might be worth mentioning because the EverDrive 64 is a way for people to have every game on the system, play homebrew, and not spend $400 on Clay Fighter. <laughs> Decent option for a lot of people. Yeah. So that's a good point. Thank you for the correction on that. I I, I think I confused the uh, the EverDrive with something else, but I, I don't remember what it was. So th- this is sort of getting into an area that I don't think either of us are hugely knowledgeable on in terms of sort of um, homebrew and oh yeah. I mean, p- let's be on and piracy. And, yeah, I don't. I, don't. Um, I mean, uh, we're, we're not like taking a moral stand here or anything, but it's. I think it does have more sort of technical hurdles than those people who are familiar with it, yeah. you know, sometimes give it credit for. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, you can play all these sort of different mods and get it set up on your with your EverDrive and stuff. It's like, that takes effort. Like, right. once you yeah, get yeah, it yeah. figured out, it's, you know, once you get it figured out, it's, it works. But often that stuff requires, you know, lots of different adjustments, knowing oh, yeah. where to get those files and things like that. But and again, so- we we will say we're not purists about it. No. Like, uh, I, we, I'm just happy that people are playing games. Oh, yeah, I don't totally. really care how you play it. Um, and this is just kind of the way I chose to do and it. I do. I mean, I, I get the appeal of that because I'm big on... I really enjoy playing things on the original hardware yeah. to sort of get that feel. And I feel like, you know, Ocarina of Time is sort of such, such a part of the Nintendo 64 mm-hmm. that playing it on there is, you know, from a historical perspective, probably... The most pleasurable way to play if you care about that if you're like i want to play ocarina of time because it's like this hugely important game yeah. like i think that the nintendo 64 is a good way to do it and it's not like a hugely expensive game no no um, no you can find it and because i just like up in the corner you get the c button you can assign the c buttons sure. um and it just it feels sort of but i played through the master quest on gamecube that play i mean it all plays good master like quest you're not going to mess this game up yeah uh, uh the i played the 3ds version it's great yeah, it changes a couple of puzzles around. It's got some nicer graphics and the touchscreen yeah, interface. This, um, honestly, like to have the most pleasurable experience, you probably want to play the 3DS one because I think that they have sort of altered like the Water Temple, for example, to make right. it more accommodating. And yeah, less, less maddening. Oh shit! That must be why I did so poorly on the Water Temple in, in 3DS. Because I remember oh. I, I cruised through it on the N64. I would always do fine, and then I struggled on the 3DS one. Well, it was, they were yeah, supposed to make it easier. Your they brain just me. works upside down Yeah, yeah it's, I've got a weird wrong and, brain. Yeah, and certainly, I don't know, it's playing it like through a... And then there's the whole idea of like random... This is like a whole weird world that I'm curious to learn more about because I don't know yeah. that much about it in terms of like randomizers of games... Um, like I sort of, I'm back a little, a little farther. Usually, this is where people take basically pre-done code of games, and they just basically like redo all the levels um, themselves. And it's pretty popular with like Super Metroid is the one that comes to mind immediately. Oh, nice. um, I'm trying to play through one uh, for Final Fantasy VI, where they sort of like redo some of the basic mechanics sure. and things like that to sort of balance it and add new elements to the game. And all this stuff is like super cool and interesting to me. The problem with it 
is there's so many games. Yeah. And yeah. I just have a hard time really getting, like, willing to put in the time to a fan-made thing. And that's not to say that it's going to be... It's, fans make great stuff, and it's probably it could certainly be better than you know original versions and things. But I'm just worried that I'm going to get to some super unbalanced, buggy part of the game and sort of get stuck. Yeah. And you know, I want to move on. Like Ocarina of Time is a great game, but I want to move on and play. Um, you know, whatever the latest indie game is, I'm sure. Play, finish playing through the Messenger or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's hard to just want to go play like remixed versions of ocarina of time like i think if you play through ocarina of time then you play through the master quest like that's enough ocarina of time in, in your yeah. life i don't know like it's kind of like it's kind of like watching a fan edit of a movie like maybe sometimes it's like really good but it's also it's not it's not the same experience yeah and it's like, not it's not it's, what people yeah. are talking it, it, it's, it's not part of the can't... cultural zeitgeist yeah yeah so you want to be able to have that yeah so i mean that's my but again play however you want no totally and like i think that stuff is super interesting and 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 it's really cool and i'm i'm always amazed at the um in the in sort of the homebrew brew world how a helpful people are in terms of like helping you get this kind of stuff set up Mm -hmm. and how creative and like the amazing things that people are able to do um, in terms of creating their own content getting like weird things to run on weird systems yep. um, and, you know, finding like crazy glitches to speed run things. And like all that stuff is super awesome. It's just yeah. like video games are a huge world. And I guess you and I are sort of like, we just kind of want to play what's given. We've to got us. our own little corner. Yeah, yeah. We'll stay here. Well, thank you everyone who wrote in. Thank you everyone who wrote in with uh, discussion questions. Uh, this was really fun to talk about all this stuff and kind of engage with you guys. So thank you so much for sending those questions. Uh, we're taking a little racing game break for a little while because next week, oh my God, we're heading into the casino because we're playing Golden Nugget. We're playing some casino <laughs> you games were, I was week. excited. You're like, oh, oh we're taking a racing yeah, game yeah. break. And I'm like, ooh, what are we going to play? And you're like, <laughs> we're going to play Golden Nugget. We're playing Golden Nugget. Yeah, the only casino game on the N64. Uh, I cannot imagine uh, what this is going to be like, but uh, we'll find out. All right, everybody. Vroom, vroom. Turn, turn a direction. This turn right. Turn right for once. Yeah. Turn right in your maybe, life. Yeah. Oh, no. You're going the wrong way. The car's... Ma- ah! Everyone else is wrong. Bye, everybody. Closet. That's my stuff, yes, if I bought it Please don't touch And keep talking that mess, that's fine But could you walk and talk at the same time Then it's my name, it's on that tag So remove your bag, let me call you a cab Standing in the front yard Telling me how I'm such a fool Talking about how I'll never ever find a man like you You got me to stand You must not know about me